Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, people, you know that sound that is the unfiltered band and a dancing clown. To my left or right, depending upon, I never get that right. If you're looking at me, it's on my right, it's on your left. I can't figure it out. Either way, uh, it is Unfiltered Episode 14 as we head into the All-Star break. Uh, and hey, now, our own All-Star, uh, at least in, in my own mind, and a Hall of Famer in, in, in my own mind. Which is I put, I, If you were on a ballot, I'd vote for you. I only have 10 spots, Ryan Spielborg. So it's Billy, I give you a vote anyway. How are you, buddy? It's good What's to up, see dude? You. How you doing? All right. It's also it's it's also nice to see you uh, officially in the Mets and truly let your your fandom shine uh, because the team's way better than they have been in the years. I'm happy for you. Yeah, no, you're not. You, I mean, you're you're only happy for me because we don't have to talk to each other every day. I mean, you'd be wishing they were awful if we were still having to do a show every day, right? Um. Yeah, yeah I was rooting for the Braves yesterday. Uh, Max versus Max. You're rooting against so. Max Scherzer. Uh, let me let me start there first of all because I we you and I used to joke and for people who listen to us together about like I don't deserve Degrom right like I really <laughs> like it's it's honestly this is like a therapy thing and I'll start with with this series because somebody was was saying on Twitter yesterday and I was agreeing that. It's almost like I think as Met fans, it's it's like a therapy session. We don't think we're worth it, so we don't like our self esteem as fans is so low that we haven't let it sink in that Max Scherzer's on our team. Like, because I'm watching yesterday, and I'm like, there are moments where I'm still Spilly, like months in. Is this dude really on my team? Like, after Guillaume at the homer, there's a scene where Lindor is like, you know, massaging Shit. Scherzer. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I made a joke on Twitter. If I gave you the Gray's Almanac two years ago from Back to the Future as a Met fan and said, here's a tweet, Lindor and Scherzer celebrating a Guillaume Homer, right, to keep you in first place, you would have thought it was nuts. Like every part of that is crazy. How different is Max Scherzer from like, like what percentage? 99% of the people that like in what percentile is he in terms of compete level of guys you've ever forget just faced, but but kind of been around? No, it's it's funny you bring it up like that. Um, I always think back to my, my youth, right? Like we always go back to something that sticks out. And I, I grew up a huge Dodger fan, so you were a, a Mets fan. Um, that's why why the blue in your in your hat looks so much like, like a Dodgers blue. Um, back to the nineteen eighty eight L A Dodgers, I, I think of Kirk Gibson, and known as a red ass, right? Like he was always, always pissed. Uh, somebody that's angry about everything. He was a he was a World Series MVP with the Detroit Tigers, and he came over to the Dodgers and Dodgers happy go lucky, and they're always messing around, and they were messing with Black in his helmet, and he goes and takes a bat in spring training, on and I used to do this all the time. I would have been one of the guys that Kirk Gibson yelled at, and so in your helmet, and then you. Put Put it on your head, and when you take it off, you get this big old smear of, of black forehead, and all, all the players, ha ha ha, think it's really funny. Well, Gibson lost his mind. Bleep this! I'm done with these guys. You guys are a bunch of clowns. You don't you don't actually you guys stink. And the team was like, oh crap. And so we, I think Max Scherzer is the same way, where. 
certain things will fly and they go lucky. But if you don't do the little things, if you don't compete at a high level, he will call you not matching that intensity. You're dead to him. Like, like you're literally dead to that guy. And Max Scherzer. And so I do think his compete level is off the charts. But I think it's more about his ability to command the room. And that to me is the bigger piece. It's can you have a bring a player into the room accountable that now forces the rest of the group to compete at a much higher level. That's Max Scherzer. We've seen it in DeGrom. Um, you can look around the NBA, right? Players, um, you know, we always think about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan had that where he was forced at the level he's at. Otherwise, you're dead to him. Um, and, and so that's, that is such a unique right? Kobe was like that. Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady, yeah. Yeah, yeah excellent. there's so many. But to find those guys, it's really difficult because there's all there. you'll always have have somebody like me that's like come on let's go boys but to to be an elite and to compete at the highest level and then when you need him to be at his best he's so sure last night the Braves are rolling in atlanta and he goes in so not dominant you have you not only do you have your guy he and sorry i just just knock myself over. That's all right. You hold yourself in pizza at the level that is necessary that the rest of the guys are like, oh, crap. Do we have the best player in baseball? It's the Adam Wainwright is that way, right? And has been that way his whole career. Um, and, and even though, like, it, it'll maybe a little bit tear under, and even CC Sabathia was in that way, these are aces to me. Like, that's – and more of when you mention, you think about, because there's so many things you just mentioned that would get me off on a lot of tangents and I want to cover a lot in these 30 minutes. But I thought about the mix of players you need because Derek Jeter was that way by example, but without yeah. Jorge Posada and Paul O'Neill, who were the guys more like Scherzer, you're not going to have that mix the way you want it because you got to have that guy who's going to strike some fear in terms of, hey, you know, I'm not going to take any you know shit kind of a thing, right? Um, but I think about the seventh inning yesterday with Max and... Your adrenaline is 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 lowered a little bit. You've you've gone through six innings. You're at around eighty pitches, but he is you know just coming off of of an injury, right? And he's old. And here you are. You're facing the meat of the lineup, and Riley hits a homer, right? His twenty fourth home run. And you, Max, you and I have talked about this over the years, but anybody who's watched Max, and usually it's early in the game, but sometimes he gets so overhyped that that's where he loses and hits middle middle a bit on that fastball, and usually gets hurt. But he's down 2-1. He kind of loses it a little bit, gives up a double, right? I think it was Ozuna. And then you see Max bear down and throw one of his best sliders of the whole game to get, get Rosario to get out of that seventh inning. And to me, like, what kind of lift is that for the players behind him, Spilly? And how much is that kind of thing noticed? Because in the card, right, it's always – it's just going to be somebody looks seven innings, give up one run, three hits, which is great. But they're not going to realize – that he kind of was losing it a little bit. He was getting tired because of all the max, pun intended, adrenaline of this game. Riley hits a homer, then a double that was ripped into the hole. And for him to bear down in that A-B, how much is that kind of thing, A, noticed by players, and B, maybe unnoticed by fans? How important that say, is. say noticed by players 100%, noticed by fans like 15%, because in go for just the game, 
game. That's that's the separator. Is it like most fans will watch a game, watching multiple games, or like you, they're watching every single game in every inning. So, so as an example, in that scenario, to, to be in the defending World Series with their fans, a packed house, ready to feed on you against your is there like like they would love nothing more than to beat Max Scherzer, right? Leather in the cap for Atlanta. And for the Mets to see that their guy can be territory with all hell breaking loose and throw his best pitches, they probably would. We got them. We have our trump card. We have, and we don't even have to ground back yet. Like that was probably a we got a moment. I, I would assume for a lot of the players that came off the field with that last night, like it was like, dude, we got these guys. We can take down the Atlanta Braves. They like they've, they're the World Series champs. We got how important that, that out was. Yeah, and more important, you and I talked, I was referencing the last podcast conversation you and I had with a couple of the Rays a couple of years ago about what they were doing, showing the Yankees were not your little brother anymore. And this is that kind of series. If the Braves get swept, doesn't matter to them. They won a championship. They're not going to feel like they're out of it. It's not the end of the world if the Mets got swept either, because we know that they're going to, whether it's Nelly Cruz or whoever, they're going to add a DH, right? They're going to add a bat. And Steve Cohen's not afraid. They're going to add probably a reliever or two. And by the way, Edwin Diaz is back to being the best closer in the game. So funny how that stuff changes, right? Because he's, I mean, he's unhittable. The dude has 20 strikeouts and one walk in his last eight appearances. It's stupid. But I was saying this. It's like, for the Mets, this is their, it's a proving ground spot and a chance for them. And they were able to get a win, at least in the opener of the series, the scary part is, Spilly, is that in this sport, you and I have talked about this for years. We could talk about how much starting pitching doesn't matter, and we got openers and all this stuff. At the end of the day, it's starting pitching, right? Max Scherzer yesterday reminded me of Game 5 when they beat L.A. against the Dodgers when him and Strasburg did it. If you remember, there was a seventh inning in that last start in Game 5 where he was like 110 pitches and just made it through to then get to, I think it was Strasburg in the eighth and then Daniel Hudson in the ninth. These are the kind of things you need. But DeGrom's health, is, the, is that, and I'll move on from the Mets after this, but just because it is such a big series, is it fair or foul to go old school for you and I reuniting that no matter what we see with the Mets, what they do at the deadline, their end result at the end of the year is going to be an end result based more on if DeGrom is healthy by percentage than anything else we could discuss? You know, I, th- I think I'm, I'm going to say foul. Okay. Uh, I like that here, here's the reason why. Um, I think Tywin Walker's pitcher, um, Tyler McGill, will eventually be back. And he pitched exceptionally well in April, right? Um, you have Carrasco. I feel like the back end's a little bit tighter than it hit a bat. I'm not so worried so much about DeGrom being like the, <laughs> the savior of, of the New York. I Because I haven't seen DeGrom at all this year, and because he really right like he hasn't done anything for the new york Mets in 2022 correct other than like you're terrify so the I'm fans gonna, that's about it <laughs> i'm gonna continue i'm gonna continue to look at that jacob Degrom, and so we know what i what i see right now is that the mets could um do i think the mets could beat the dodgers in a seven game series i think those three teams I mean, it really boils down to like like which team makes a 
least amount of mistakes. That's how that's how raise the three of them. And if you were to add Degrom to it, I don't think it makes him them an overwhelming favorite. As much as Degrom to me is the best pitcher in the world on the planet, just because of his stuff, really a factor until we see him back. And because I I haven't seen him back, I'm I can't. Let's stay with great pitching and and uh, being voted in as a designated hitter and then as a voted in by the fans to start as a DH and then voted in as a pitcher at the same time, which is only one of one. And one of one is an important baseball card. It's like having a spilly rookie card. Uh, Otani, um, your guy. So I know you're doing a lot of t- – I've told you so, as I'm sure. I mean, I only see some of them and talk to you some about it, but I'm sure they're constant, as you should. But I, I want to ask you about – Two parts. I want to get to the Angels, so wait, hold on that. I want to stay on Otani. Let's stay just positive here. How much, even though it's getting attention, and he got an MVP, right? So, like, people are in the know. How much, in your opinion, knowing how hard it is what he's doing, is it still being underrated in a lot of ways what he's doing? That's good because I don't think it's underrated, but I don't think it's in the context of, like, exactly what in the world that means i mean people recognize the player in the world um and and you could go like well you know it's the united states i was like people in japan and they watch every single thing that shohei otani does so no matter what city you might get braves country ronald Acuna is the most popular player you don't have an entire country this level uh shohei otani's off the charts and and most people don't see it here in the States because Japan or what that culture looks like or how they go about their daily lives. They are watching everything Otani does. Japan is an Otani advertisement. Like, and he's playing on the West Coast, Billy. Not to interrupt you, but he's playing on the West Coast, too, here in this country, which so also doesn't help. See it. So, I, I mean, like, I'm just Ron, Steph Curry, Tom Brady, um, you know, Peyton Manning, media yeah, Kevin Durant. In yeah. the United States, that is Shohei Otani is one, one like it, it's off the charts. We just don't get it. Um, so I think Japanese culture the greatest ever, especially in the context of like Babe Ruth never did this, and Babe Ruth that created you know baseball fandom for everybody. It's the house that mm-hmm. Ruth built. Well, Otani. Did I lose your audio? I think I lost your audio. If you can hear me, Spilly, I think I lost your audio. We'll get Spilly back in here in a second. Uh, I think I don't know how to tell him that I, I lost your audio. I can't. I'm now. I'm now. I'm now. If you're on the podcast, I'm telling him I can't hear you. Uh, so he is. He is adjusting. We'll see whether or not I can. I can get him back. By the way, this is like the great like one man banding of of potting. Let's see if he can uh, get back in or in uh, in full circle. But it's it's interesting because when you talk about Otani. Here's a guy who, without a doubt, is doing something no one in the world has ever done, like ever in their life, like nobody has ever done in their life. And when you think about the situation that you've got right now with what he's doing, it's pretty amazing because even though it's what nobody else has done, no one is. Oh, now I got you. I got you now. I hear you. I hear you. Oh, then you're gone. I got you back. 
Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? I have you, Spilly. I got you. You could talk. All right. Well, he'll be back. Um, it, it must be AT&T. I don't think it is in this case, but we can pretend that it is. Uh, the thing about that, though, is that ev- we're always that way. We don't soak in. We never soak in what we're experiencing as fans until it's too late, I always feel like. As I could see you now. Can I hear you? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? People who are watching the podcast are like, oh, I see him. I don't, I don't know why I don't hear you. I don't, I definitely don't, I don't hear you. I don't know why. Here, I'm going to, hey, Spilly, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm gonna, that's a good idea. I'm going to, I'm going to D, take you out of here and then put you back on here. I cannot, I cannot hear you. By the way, this is great podcasting. When we get an Emmy for this, I'm telling you, this is totally going to be wonderful. Um, what I was saying about the situation with Otani is that no matter how much we try and experience things, we never really enjoy them enough as they're happening. It's like every Met season that they're ever good. It doesn't matter how good they are. Everybody's always complaining about how they're not better than they're supposed to be. It's like the season they were 500 for most of the year till Cespedes did what he did. Then they're in the postseason, and somehow it, that wasn't good enough either. Then Daniel Murphy was taking the next round. Well, now Matt Harvey shouldn't have been in the game or whatever the hell the situation is. Um, let's see if we can get Spilly. Do I have you back? I, I see you. I don't know why I can't hear you. I have no idea why I can't hear you. It's weird. Try, let, me, let me try cutting you out of here and then bringing you back in. And let's see if we can do it that way as we'll, uh, we'll try and get Spilly back in here. I removed him. Hopefully he realizes to go reset. By the way, this explanation is so good for an Emmy. Uh, in the meantime, Cowboy fans are the worst. You could say that anytime you want. So now let's try. All right, do we have you, Spilly? I can hear you. Why can't I can't hear you? Why is that? I have no idea why. You're not muted. It's very strange. I don't know why. Are you see if see if you're muted. I will I will do this in a are you what are you trying to tell me? I can't hear you. By the way, people who are watching this see what happens if I re, yeah, try reconnecting. Yeah, try re, try reconnecting. I would say try reconnecting. We'll try that. Uh, while we could reconnect with Spilly, you're not muted. He's telling me he's muted. You're not muted. You're not muted. You are not muted. This is, by the way, this is great. I'm not editing this. We're going to leave it like this. We're one man banding. Uh, we'll, do it, we'll do it this way. We'll do it in a part one and a part two. This is part one with Spilly, with technical difficulties. Uh, we will come back with a part two on Otani and get into All-Star and much, much more as soon as we return with Ryan Spielborgs for part two of episode number 14. Hang on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.